important subject of all subjects is delineated that is ashraya or the shelter of all living beings namely Krishna but nine other subjects are also described in Sriman Bhagavatam just to fully bring this subject into focus Sriman Bhagavatam also discusses uh, space and time just to bring into focus who is this supreme, the supreme controller who is beyond the restrictions of space and time Krishna is described by Shripad Yamunacharya as being beyond the Trividha Sima, the three limits, three limits, that is uh, time, space and imagination. So here we have, Shukadeva Goswami is giving a transcendental geography lesson. Transcendental because it's in relationship with Krishna. And particularly he is describing the sacred hills, rivers and places. He's not describing the Alps or the Andes mountains or the or the river. What's the biggest river here in Poland? The what? Vishwa. River Vishwa. Vishwa. Alright. He's not describing the Danube or the Volga. He's describing Ganga, Jamuna, Saraswati, Nandakini. These rivers and mountains and places are particularly meant for purification. Now, this section of the Bhagavatam is very interesting because it describes knowledge of the universe which is in contradiction to the knowledge given by our great friends, the materialistic scientists. And it gives us great pleasure to present that the version of Sriman Bhagavatam is correct. For instance, in this section of Bhagavatam, it is described how the sun is being carried on a chariot. And in this way, he is going around the universe. Not that the universe is going around the sun, the sun goes around the universe. The driver of the sun's chariot is called Arun. Arun means he comes just before the sun. So that's also, just like you see in the early morning, the red dawn is there, that is called Arun. Have you seen that song? Udilo Aruna Purabhabhage. The sun, just before the sun rises, that Arun is there. So Arun, he's not, usually the driver will be facing forwards, but he's facing backwards while he's driving the chariot to look at the sun and praise him. And there are so many great sages are also accompanying the sun. Particularly there are 60,000 Vala Kilyas who are great sages the height of a thumb. So the sun in this way moves at different speeds. And according to the different speeds the lengths of the days are different. So our materialistic scientists they, wouldn't, they would have already left before this, before I was able to finish this description, but we have great, uh, we take great pleasure in saying yes, this is correct because this is Shriman Bhagavatam. This is given by God, therefore it is axiomatically correct. He made the universe; He's controlling it. He knows how it's going on. We may think it doesn't tally with our scientific evidence, but we will say that your version doesn't tally with the version of Bhagavatam. So who are we to accept, Doctor Frog, who has all the defects? Brahm Pramad Vipralipsa Karana Patav. A materialistic person, however intelligent he may appear to be, he has he suffers undoubtedly from the four defects common to all conditioned souls. He makes mistakes, he is illusioned, he has a tendency to cheat others, 
and he has imperfect senses. Therefore, a person who is not following Guru, Sadhu and Shastra must make mistakes, be illusioned, cheat others and give apparent information which is wrong because it's understood through imperfect senses. So this applies in all areas of knowledge. Whatever may appear to be correct, it's not correct if it's not coming from Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. Because these sources, Guru, Sadhu and Shastra, Brahmapramad, Vipalipsa, Karanapatav, Arja, Bigge, Bhaka, Nahidu, Sheshab, these these sources, Guru, Sadhu, Shastra, they are free from the four defects common to all conditioned souls. So it's true that, of course, people, they may, they may be able to understand some things, but their knowledge is not perfect or complete and is always mixed with mistakes. Some things they may do. They may make a watch or a motor car, but this doesn't mean that they know what is the uh, complete knowledge. For that we have to turn to Shastra. So we should be very careful to stick to this point. We should know that anything said by a conditioned soul is suspect. Sometimes we become very enthusiastic to take information from conditioned souls. But we should be very careful because whatever a person conditioned by material nature says is sure to be filled with defects. Anyone who is not a devotee of Krishna is a rascal, axiomatically. Namang no murha prapadyante who is not a devotee of Krishna, they are all called Dushkriti. Means they are Kriti, means they get things done. They may be expert in different ways. But all their activities are inauspicious because they avoid surrendering to Krishna. Therefore they are classified either as foolish people like asses, the lowest among man the lowest among mankind, apparently intelligent but actually not intelligent at all, and straightforward out and out atheistic demons. Now, sometimes our devotees, they become captivated by people who have apparently developed mundane intelligence. I don't know why, because everything is there in Prabhupada's books. All the answers to all questions, uh, all the answers to all problems, problems will be there in the material world. Even within our Krishna conscious movement, we can't expect utopia. But how to solve all problems, how to resolve all differences, Everything, is being, everything has been given by Srila Prabhupada. So sometimes devotees think that, uh, well, maybe we could take advice from somebody else. Because sometimes we have problems in our movement, like devotees can't get on with each other or something like that. And they see, well, the karmis, they also have the same problems. So maybe there's some kami expert, psychologist or someone like that, who has got some insight into all these things. And we become, attra- not we, but some people become attracted to study the books of such apparently intelligent people. And from time to time we see in our movement different fashions that different mental speculators become popular among different devotees. Just like at the present time, the, uh, the Vartaman Guru of Iskon for some people is a gentleman who advocates following seven habits. But he's a conditioned soul. He cannot give perfect knowledge. He is making mistakes, illusion, has imperfect senses and has the tendency to cheat others. He's a materialist. His idea is, let us all enjoy the material world. He has no higher goal of life. Even though such a person may superficially believe in God, he believes in God as an order supplier. God give me this, God give me that. So even though he may have some good ideas, they're mixed up with his mindset or his worldview, which is non-devotional. So this is very dangerous and contaminating. And we see that some people, they actually start to quote such people more than they quote Prabhupada. 
They become fascinated by such things as if this is the solution to all the problems. But actually these people are so ignorant, not only do they not have the solution to the problems, but they don't even know what the problems are. The real problems are repeated birth and death. Those who give us some formula how we can live happily in this material world are certainly illusioned because there is no such thing as living happily in this material world. And if we think, well, we have to study our behavior and adjust this and adjust that, and then we'll be happy, we're in a big illusion. Actually, this whole thing about relationships is actually a very simple thing. You don't have to write big, big books, psychology, all this. Just devotees, they live together, they cooperate together to serve Krishna and help each other to become Krishna conscious. Problems will be there, but we chant and dance together and we tolerate whatever difficulties are there. This is what Prabhupada said. Someone had written to Prabhupada about uh, some person, some devotee was having some... Actually, they were mentally imbalanced. Mentally imbalanced means crazy. <laughs> polite way of saying it. So, uh, they're asking about taking psychiatric treatment. So Prabhupada wrote back, there's no need of psychiatric treatment. This psychiatric treatment is all humbug. That means bogus. Actually, it is all bogus. Prabhupada said that, so it definitely is bogus. But we can understand why it's bogus, because it's all based on Freud, who was a complete nonsense. So Prabhupada said, there's no need of psychiatric treatment. Chanting and chanting Hare Krishna and dancing, that will cure any mental disease. Everyone is mentally diseased. Everyone in the material world is crazy, including us. But this is the treatment. Chanting Hare Krishna, reading Prabhupada's book, following the process of Krishna consciousness. We cannot take help from insane people and hope to become sane. Just, uh, we, we may think we're becoming more sane, but anything which doesn't bring us to Krishna consciousness, anything which doesn't recognize Krishna as the center of everything, is insanity, because Krishna is the center of everything. We may think we're becoming sane by reading the books of a madman, but we're not. Just like the man in the mental hospital, he thinks he's, he thinks he's quite sane. He's thinking, what's wrong with all these people? They, why don't they understand that I'm Hitler? <laughs> so the same way we may think we're becoming very sane and very liberal and very good but if we're not inc- increasing our love for Krishna it's all nonsense and rascalism that kind of literature is described in the Srimad Bhagavatam as Tadvaya Santirtam Ushantimamasa it is a pilgrimage place for crows so we may think well this is a very sophisticated crow but a crow is a crow is a crow. And devotees are supposed to become swans, paramahamsas. So this Srimad Bhagavatam, this is called Paramahamsa Samhita. This book is appreciated by paramahamsas. Our mundane scholars, psychologists, sociologists, they won't appreciate Srimad Bhagavatam. They're too busy inventing their own theories. But we're not so foolish as to invent new theories. We know that everything is there in Srimad Bhagavatam. You can see here the names of all the hills and rivers. These hills and rivers, they've been existing in, for thousands and millions of years. Just like described here, Sri Shaila, that is the place of Lord Shiva. So that has been there. So Chitrakut, that is the uh, important place of Lord Ramachandra's pastimes. So this is uh, known in human society well over one million years. And they're, they're writing history the last 3,000 years. And we're supposed to accept them as intelligent people. They don't know anything actually. We have knowledge in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we're talking about time and space. We have knowledge going back millions and millions of years. We have knowledge of space. The scientists say we've discovered some new planet. They didn't discover anything. Everything's already described in Srimad Bhagavatam. And they're speculating maybe there's life on other planets. 
But we know for sure there is life on other planets. And we know what the life is like also. They're speculating maybe it's like some E.T. But we know there is Brahma, Chandra and the different planets. The planets of the Kinnaras, Kim Purushas, Nagas, so many, Gandharvas. We don't uh, give very great regard to these wonderful discoveries of the scientists. They're thinking, how wonderful. We looked through our telescope and we saw some new planet. It's not new, it's been there since the creation. Only you didn't know about it. But we know about the planet. As much as we need to know. Just like you'll see here in Srimad Bhagavatam, description of the island of Jambadweep, description of the universe. But that's only given as much as we need to know, not excessive. Just like you may become an expert in history, for instance. And you can study the history of Poland, one time under the Russians, another time under the Germans. So you can write about the different battles, the different kings and political leaders. But what's the use? Prophet said this history is simply a history of the rascals, that's all. Just a bunch of foolish people trying to dominate the earth. In the Bhagavatam, we have the Bhumi Gita. This is a text spoken by the deity of the earth planet. Earth, this planet. So she is saying, she's laughing. All these kings, they're all fools. They come and they fight and they say, Ah, this is my land, I've conquered it. But I don't belong to them. They come and go and I'm staying here. And these foolish people think they possess me. So studying history means... Prabhupada was saying for the Guruku, they can study history, yes, they can study Srimad Bhagavatam. In geography, they can study also Srimad Bhagavatam. In psychology, they can also study Srimad Bhagavatam. Everything is there. There's no need to make gods out of these foolish speculators. We have the highest knowledge. There's no not there's nothing which even comes even close to this knowledge of Srimad Bhagavatam. Whatever we need to know, we can get from Prabhupada's books. That is a fact. Now, there may be some technical knowledge, just like how to work a computer, how to grow potatoes. So, this can be studied for devo- by devotees as much as necessary, not more. But we should know that our essential knowledge is Srimad Bhagavatam. And as far as ideas of how to interact with each other, philosophies, that we must definitely take from Shabda Brahma, transcendental sound. That which is not Shabda Brahma, it is always faulty and dangerous. Just like uh, whatever book you read, the consciousness of the author goes into that. Just like I was looking at a book in England, uh, our devotees keep in the temple bookshops, called Why You Don't Need Meat. So you may think this is a very good book, this is encouraging people to be vegetarian. So I opened it up and I was looking at the different reasons this man was giving for being a vegetarian. So he, so he was saying, in the early days of man, when we were still cavemen, we used to, we used to hunt animals... But now we're more developed and we've evolved more and we don't need to do that. So this is all bogus. This evolutionary theory is all bogus. So he may have a good idea, better, better be a vegetarian than non-vegetarian. But he doesn't actually know why. We're vegetarian because Krishna is vegetarian. We only take that which is offered to Krishna. So even though he may appear to be a very good person, but his ideas, they're mixed up with nonsense. And it's like that practically anything you read. Even if it's a computer manual, the consciousness of the writer goes in there. Their whole aim, how to enjoy this material world. How to get the most out of your computer so you can control more, enjoy more. Whereas in the speeches, I just said we have here, speaking of Sugadev Goswami, he's describing something which is apparently not very transcendental. The land, the hills, the rivers. Uh, But because... Shukadeva Goswami is a completely purified person. He's doing so in relationship with Krishna. 
Therefore, it's all transcendental and all purified. So we should be very careful on this point. Sangat sanjayate karma. Whatever we associate with, thus our desires develop. If we read books by non-devotees, then the poisonous seeds of non-devotional desire, which are already in our hearts, get water. But if we read Srimad Bhagavatam, as given by Srila Prabhupada, then those seeds of sense-gratificatory desires are frustrated. And the seed of devotional service becomes watered and develops. Yasmin paramahamsyam ekamamalam jnanam param giyate. Why is Srimad Bhagavatam very dear to the Vaishnavas? Srimad Bhagavatam paramahamalam yad Vaishnavanam priyam. This Srimad Bhagavatam is the spotless Purana. There is no tinge of sense-gratificatory information in it. Therefore, it is very dear to the devotees. Yasmin paramahamsyam ekamamalam jnanam param giyate. Within the Srimad Bhagavatam is the one-pointed knowledge which is appreciated by Paramahamsas, <coughs> topmost transcendentalists. Tatra, Jnana, Vairagya, Bhakti Sahitam, Naishkamya Mahavishkritam. Within the Srimad Bhagavatam, there, there is knowledge of how to perform devotional service in full knowledge and detachment. And thus, how all one's activities can be uh, free from material tints, material contamination. Therefore, Tat Shrinvan Supatan, Vicharana Paro Bhaktya Vimuchenaraha. Therefore, Tatchunva, we should hear Srimad Bhagavatam, not anything else. Means, of course, we, can, we should read Bhagavad Gita as it is, teachings of Lord Chaitanya, Nectar of Devotion, not Time magazine or some rascal nonsense, anything else. Tatchunva, hear Srimad Bhagavatam. Supatan, recite it very carefully. Vicharana Paro, apply your intelligence how to understand it. Bhaktya, with the aim of developing pure devotional service to Krishna. And the result will be, uh, you'll go back home, back to Godhead, back to Krishna. And reading anything else, I don't know where you'll go. Not to Krishna. Those who worship the demigods, go to the demigods. Those who worship the ghosts and spirits, go to the ghosts and spirits. Those who worship Krishna, go to Krishna. Those who worship mundane psychologists and fools and rascals, I don't know where they go. Definitely not to Krishna, that's for sure. So our Krishna conscious process is very easy. Just like Arjuna said to Krishna, Sarvam Keshava. My dear Keshava, whatever you say, I accept in total. You are Keshava, you are God, so it must be right. Even I may not be able to understand how it's right. And even to me it may seem wrong. Just like to Arjuna, it seemed wrong. Why is Krishna asking me to kill my relatives? It seems wrong. It doesn't sound like it would fit within the seven habits of highly nice people. But Krishna says, do it. I want you to do it. So a devotee does it. In this way, Krishna becomes satisfied. Krishna told Yudhishthya to tell a lie. He didn't want to do it. Krishna told Yudhishthya to tell a lie. He didn't want to do it. But the proper thing for him was to do that, to tell a lie. So many things. Krishna told Arjuna, now you kill Karana in the improper situation. So is it right or is it wrong? What standard shall we judge by? We have to un- judge by the absolute standard. Absolute standard means God's view. He's the controller. We are under His control. Therefore, the way He sees the universe is the way we have to see the universe. That means Shastra Chakshu, seen through the eyes of Scripture. Then we will be properly situated. God is good. Uh, even it may appear that what He tells us to do is not good, but it is always good. Now, of course, Krishna is not asking us to, not asking us to kill our relatives, but He is asking us to do things like rise early in the morning, Surrender to the instruction of the spiritual master. Work within the ISKCON movement under the direction of authorities. And there may be many things which mundane people take objection to. 
they may say, this is wrong, this is dangerous. This repeated chanting over and over again is very bad for the mind. They will say so many things. We don't listen to them. We listen to Guru, Sadhu, Shastra. This way we stay on the correct path and we gradually become purified. So this is our point. We are reading Srimad Bhagavatam, worshipping Srimad Bhagavatam. Every word is for the good of human society. Every word is transcendental. Every word is meant for our purification. So with this understanding we study Srimad Bhagavatam. Knowing that this is for our ultimate benefit and no one who is not on the platform of Bhagavata can give anything which is for our ultimate benefit. No one who is not on the platform of Bhagavatam can give anything which is for our ultimate benefit. Not only ultimate benefit, even for our immediate benefit. So many materialistic people have so many ideas about how we can live in this world and be happy. But it's all a big illusion. Because the only way you can live in this world and be happy is to chant Hare Krishna and be happy. All other attempts to be happy are simply illusory. And even though ideas given by karmis may seem very good, they are inevitably like nectar in the beginning and poison at the end. So we should be very careful to stick to our trusted authorities, namely Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. Guru, Sadhu, Shastra, Vakka, Chitete, Kari, Aika, Ana, Kari, Narottam Das sings in Prem Bhakti Chandrika that these three, Guru, Sadhu, Shastra, I take them and fix them up in my heart, not desiring anything else. Hare Krishna. Any question, please? So he is asking, what are the rules deals with that you may have to lead to Sada Puta Prabhu. It's very specialized technical stuff. One thing is, we see that uh, the astronomers, they're always, like every in every other branch of science, they're always changing their opinion. Just like Suhotra Swami recently showed me a Time magazine proclaiming the ignorance of the astronomers. Actually, it was saying how they've made great advancement in knowledge by looking through their Hubble Bubble telescope. But all it means is that they say they've advanced in knowledge, which means that previously what they said was knowledge, what they said was correct, was wrong. If you say you're advancing in knowledge, it means you don't know. So no doubt after some time they'll make some Bubble Hubble telescope and they'll come up with some new theories of the universe. Their telescope is called Hubble, Hubble telescope. They're, they're, they're very proud. This is like, the, this is like the, the limits of science at the present time. But they're always changing their theories. That means they